0: Super excited. As I said, we've got a little different week this week. Um, I feel like it's kind of like a special guest week. We've got all these special guests that we're going to be talking to, or are going to be talking to us, and we're going to interview. And it's just, it's definitely a different week. And like I said, if you notice, there's no, um, there's no notes. Because all the notes are created by you this week. So you get to listen to the Lord and what He's saying in your life today. And what you now can write down on those notes and say, what do I need to do tomorrow? So, here at the mission, we've talked about this before, that uh, we have this crazy idea that God is at work transforming lives. He's at work transforming not only our life, but to be transformers outside of these walls. Outside in our families, in, in our community, in our jobs, at our schools, wherever we're at. Whether you're 11... Or 111. That would be something to see, wouldn't it? But whatever age you are, God is at work in you. God doesn't get us to a certain part of our life and He says, okay, you're done now. You can sit. (laughs) Um, You know, if you are a disciple of Christ, we're called to partner with Him or in Christ's kingdom and what He wants to do in us and through us to the world around us. That's why we honestly believe in connecting with the community, growing in faith, and serving Jesus. And that's what we're talking about today, is the Serve Sunday. Serving Jesus and what that looks like. Because um, he has this massive vision for our little church, which I believe is going to make a huge difference in the world around us. I love talking with families. Just I'm going to brag on our church, by the way we had a not like this couple that came in um, just just a couple of weeks ago it might have been last week I can't remember um, but they sent us a note and it basically said we were so impressed with your little church we were so impressed with what you guys want to do and you don't want to just be a church that, that, that kind of puts up walls and puts a moat around your building and says come here but don't go out there. <laughs> Be safe and protected in here. But if you go out there, man, we, we just stay away from that. No, they, they said your little church wants to go out and work with the least, the last and the lost. So here's a big old check. And I went, wow, that's pretty sweet. <laughs> just, you know what, that was, to me, that was like awesome. Because we don't want to just take that and now make bigger walls or nicer wells. Or, we we want to take that and we want to send it out. We, we want to we go to the least. We want to go to the last. And we definitely want to go to the lost. Amen? That's what, we, that's what we're about. That's what God's about. I love that last song, The Hands and Feet of Jesus. We want to love. But loving is practical, isn't it? And, and we believe that, that loving is as practical as serving. It really is. And so, like I said, I'm really excited about today. I, I, I don't know if you know that. Um, but we firmly believe that every member has a mission here at the mission. Um, see the simple truth is we can do a lot of things but if we do anything disconnected from the heart of God and the vine then it's meaningless see Jesus said this crazy thing he said apart from me you can do nothing now I don't know about you but on a daily basis I do a lot of things and and you're probably like me we do a lot of things but is it connected to Jesus because see what we could really translate that to be is apart from me if it's not from me It amounts to nothing. And and that's the hard part. Because I think a lot of us are scrambling. A lot of us are doing things, and they're good things. But are we doing as Jesus did, which is, I only go and do what God has told me to do, what the Father has instructed me. And that's what we want to be as a church. And that's what we mean by serving Jesus, being connected to the vine, getting the heartbeat and the pulse of the Father who says, this is where I'm at. This is what I'm doing. Join me. See, a lot of times as Christians, we have that tendency to go, okay, I'm going to go over here. God, come come on with me. You know, right? Isn't that the truth? Okay, here I'm going. I'm going to run over here and you come with me, God. Oh no, I'm in trouble. Come here, God. I've been there, done that. Many times. Bought the t-shirt, folks gone there done that oh god i'm in trouble or please bless this and bless this and do this and it's like wait if we would just stop as the kings of old as as king david did who was a man after god's own heart and said lord what is it you would have me do what is it you would have us do where would you want us to go and so i want to look at a passage today which is really simple But it talks, really, about what it means to be, as we've been going through Love Came Down, which is a great series. And we're going to be ending it up pretty soon. And we're going to be starting a new series. So I hope you guys are ready. We're going through the book of Leviticus, baby. Leviticus! Oh, yeah! Some of you are like, sweet! Wait, what's Leviticus? Some of you have opened your Bible, put it on Leviticus, and had a fan right here so that the fan blow, you know, would blow and it would just turn the pages very quick. And you'd be like, oh, I'm finished with Leviticus. I can go on to the next book now. No, there's some great stuff in the book of Leviticus. And it really truly is all about offerings and bringing our offerings, connecting to God and how God so much wants to connect with us and what He did as a picture of grace. And now today, what we have in the person of Jesus. Looking at the pictures, but today having the, the person. And that's what's so exciting about the book of Leviticus. So I'm hoping you guys will come back for that. Bring your friends. It's a time. We're going to go through a whole campaign. It's going to be great. Um, but today, as we're still finishing up with the love came down, we've been going through the Sermon on the Mount. And how love came down to, to walk with us through the valley of the shadow of death. And to bring us where we could never go on our own closer and closer to the heart of the father amen so we're gonna look at matthew 25 and so as we do that what i'd like to have you do is just stand on up stand on up as we read god's word because i shouldn't be the only one standing for god's word this is this is our privilege to hear not my words but god's words all right verse 31 of chapter 25 i know some of you have read this before and you've heard this before if you've been here you've definitely heard it more than once How about thirsty or give you something to to drink? I'm confused here. When did we see you, a stranger, and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison or go to visit you? The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these, the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. You did it for Jesus. whatever you did not do for one of the least, one of the least of these you did not do for me, then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Okay, you can be seated now. Wow. Nothing like coming to church and going away depressed. Amen? (laughs) It's not church unless you walk away going, oh, you know. This is a great passage, but there's so much hope here. And so I don't, I don't want to focus on the negatives, as a lot of times we as Christians do. Don't, 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 don't. We need to look at the positives of what Jesus came to do, do, do. Amen? I did three do's there, so you didn't mistake the do, do. It's do, 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 see? Very careful with that. But the truth is that God, God's got something here. He came down, and this is not just a parable. This isn't just something where he says, hey, let me tell you a story. This is a future event. This is a true statement, an accurate picture of what's going to happen in the end of days. So I think we need to just take notice of what Jesus is trying to prepare us for now. Amen? So, one thing I really want to point you to, and again, if you're taking notes, just this service isn't optional, it is discipleship. If we're called to be a disciple of Christ, we're called to serve. And again, our main mantra of the Christian Missionary Alliance, which is our denomination that focuses big time on missions, is our main verse is found right there in Acts. Acts 28, I believe, it, is. it says, Go and make disciples of all nations. Go. That's the first word. Go. Because we believe in going. Why? So as to make disciples. You can't make a disciple from sitting. We don't have the gift of buttocks. Right? Many people, I've, I've been there, I've done that. And, and there's a time to sit. And there's a time to, to refresh. And there's a time to, to just get ministered to. And we want to be here for you in that. But ultimately, it's not to sit until we die. It's so that we can become refreshed and then go. Go and make disciples of all nations. See, service is that part of it. And this is what I believe Jesus is saying in the book of Matthew, chapter 25, when He says, this is what it looks like. It, it, it's not, they had correct theology. They had a big church. You, you, um, you, knew, you read the Bible eight times. You had this many scriptures memorized. No, it's none of that. What is it? I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. Simple, right? I love it. So I want to break these 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 things down. These six things: hungry, thirsty, stranger, clothes, sick, and in prison. I want to break these six things down really quick into three things, and these are the ings of service. The ings of service. All right. Feeding first. Feeding. This is such a basic principle. How many of you ate today? How many of you plan on eating later? How many of you plan on never eating again? Oh, wait, back there. (laughs) Hunger strike. Eventually, your stomach will, will, will give over, you know, and, and you'll become like a rabid dog and you'll just eat anything. That's what happens. See, we have to eat. And you can't go as long without drinking. See, the truth is we need this stuff. This is a basic, basic need that we all, we all have. The second ing, really simple, it goes off a stranger in clothes. It's sheltering. So we have feeding, ing, sheltering. Get it? This is the second step. It adds just a little bit more. I mean, many of you, I I find many homeless people, this is the thing about being in a church that's in the city, if you leave that door open, I guarantee you we'll have homeless people that'll come in saying, help me. And they have no shelter. Or they have a little bit of a shelter, which is a tarp, right? I, I lived out of my car for three days. I lived on a concrete block for six months. I know what it's like to not have shelter. It's a basic need. It's a basic need. Last eating would be remembering. If we have feeding, if we have sheltering, we have remembering. And that's the sick or those in prison. You, you can't get much more simple than being, seeing the lonely. And you can't really get more simple or understanding of how lonely it is to be in the hospital. Anybody ever been there? My goodness. You, you can't get enough people coming in and just sitting with you. Because you watch Judge Judy three or four times and you're done. You know what I mean? There's only so much news you can catch, and you're just like, okay, I'm bored now. And you're reading the back of everything they're giving you or whatever. You know, they they, they drop a, a a box of milk. You're going, what's on the milk carton? Okay, and you're you're bored. And you don't get much more bored and you don't get much more lonely than when you're in prison. And needy. The least. The least. See, these are the things that, that Jesus is calling us to, which I just want to point you to very quickly. All of these aspects of service really boil, boil down to simply caring, or caring simply. You see, notice he doesn't say, he doesn't say this, okay? You gave away $10 million. I wish I had $10 million to give away but of course if I had 10 million dollars I'd say hey here's a thousand (laughs) bucks I want to keep the rest for me no but you know that's usually what happens right I mean here's 10 million dollars take it he doesn't say that he doesn't say hey you big spender he doesn't say oh you spiritual people who healed a hundred people you healed from incurable diseases a hundred people or you single handedly stopped slavery you stopped the sex trade you did it all by yourself look what you did no he doesn't do that he says, you gave me food. <laughs> you gave me food. Wow, I've got food. I can do that. Exactly. You gave me a drink of water. Oh, that's simple. One of the worst things I hear about today is so many kids, so many people are dying from a lack of clean water. If there is something in our world today which is so easy to fix... I mean, it's literally one of the easiest things in the world to fix and yet how many thousands do we have die every day most of them children you don't get to be the least here without looking at third world country children and it's a, and it's a curable thing it's simple it's simple simply caring this is doable stuff they're applicant and relevant to this culture, to this generation. He didn't say, you went to the specific Jewish culture of that day. <laughs> you, 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 you gave a Roman denarii to... No, he makes it very easy to do today. We could literally say today, I was elderly and alone in my assisted living facility and you came and visited me. I was HIV positive and you came and cared for me. I was alone at lunch and not considered in the cool crowd, but you invited me to eat with your group and you brought me in. You see how simple, how transferable, how relevant? This is truly about caring for those that no one sees or notices. That's why the the righteous and the unrighteous are so surprised, right? They're like, wait a minute, hold up. Wait, you just said I did this? When did I do this? I don't even remember. (laughs) <laughs> like, you know, that's how doable it is that's how simple it is they don't even remember I remember my wedding day any of you out there that was a big day that was a big day I don't remember what I ate last week <laughs> I don't even remember basically. oh no I do remember what I ate last night that's rare I very rarely remember what I ate last night <laughs> that's on that level what did you wear a week ago what clothing did you pick most of you can't remember because it was so what you just did. It was simple. It was something you just went and... That's what he's saying here. He's saying, look, it's simple. It's doable. Anybody, everybody can do it. So what now? Well, if, as you notice again, I'm going I'm to put it out there. Normally we have a ton of blanks to crank and lots of notes that I give you and everything else. But... I want to look at the practical part of serving. And so what we're doing today is we're going to bring up people. We're going to have a little variety show. We're going to have people come up and and we're going to talk to them or they're going to talk to us and we want to practically look at serving. We want to practically look at how can I feed those that need food? How can I shelter someone who needs shelter? How can I give something to drink to someone who's thirsty? And here at the mission, we break it down in three ways. Even simpler. Serve the mission. Serve the community. Serve the world. That's it. And so I want to bring two people up today about serving the community. And then I've got a, a, an awesome sister in the Lord who's going to talk to us about s- serving, serving the community right here in our own backyard. And then I have a brother in the Lord that I love so much. We've, been, we, we've, had, we've had communication and talk and a relationship for years now. And he's been in it, but he, the Lord's calling him out and he's now going to Africa and serving the world. And so I, I just I just want to talk about that. Is that cool? You guys want to come along with it? Let's do it. Alright, first and foremost, let's bring up Monica. Monica Ritchie. If you guys don't know, give a hand for Monica here. Monica is our children's ministry pastor. And she does a fabulous job. So I'm going to let her talk and uh, tell us about children's ministry and the needs we have there and serving serving the mission.
1: All right, um, we've got a great children's ministry going on over um, on this side. And if you guys haven't had a chance to come over there and see it, come visit us and just come see what it is and what we're doing. Right now, we're running four classrooms. We have one classroom that's our nursery, which is like zero to two. We have another classroom from about two and a half to five, which is kind of a preschool room. And then we have a classroom that's kindergarten through second grade, and then the last classroom is third through sixth grade. Um We've got a great bunch of kids over there. But what we what we don't have enough of are teachers to minister to these kids. And so if you guys are looking for a service opportunity, um, I would love to partner with you and have you guys over there working with these kids. I need um, at least three or four more teachers. And it's a once a month commitment um, that you would be in charge of teaching the classroom. We provide you with the curriculum. We provide you with all of the activities and all of the supplies. You really just have to show up with a willing heart and, and a good attitude and want to minister and love these kids that's that's your responsibility Um, the other thing that we really would love to have are just some helpers in those classrooms right now we only have one teacher per each classroom and while we're super thankful for that it's hard when kids have to go to the bathroom and we're sending you know two second graders to the bathroom by themselves you know, we want to make sure that we're respectful of not only their safety, but also of your guys' worship time and that we don't get kids loud and running around the hallways. So it would be great to have some helpers that could at least float around the classrooms and help us with bathroom breaks or grab a supply that maybe a teacher needs or that I've forgotten to supply, something like that. Um, so ultimately, we just want people who who love kids, who want to minister to kids. Our curriculum is designed um, to teach kids all about God, who God is from the beginning to the end, who God is um, in their lives, who God is in terms of creation and it's really designed to be very family centered so that the parents are the primary instructors of of God's word and that you as the teachers just get to be the reinforcers of all of these things Um, and so that's what we're all about, that's what we're doing and if you guys feel like that's a passion of yours, I would love to talk to you
0: don't go yet I think Monica would be safe to say as well. I mean, I'm just going to put this in here. Try it for 90 days. Make a commitment to go 90, 90 days, which wouldn't be a ton of service times. Yeah, three. three times, because you're looking at needing somebody once a month. Give it that time and see what you think. Because I've talked to many people who have said, "Man, I didn't I didn't want to work with kids, but then I started, and what a blessing! What a blessing!" Um, so if this is if this is an area, and again this is where your notes are, there's a lot of blanks there. Start writing this stuff down. Lord, are you telling me to serve with, serve with kids? And pray about it. Ask the Lord. Maybe the Lord is directing you. Is your heart open? Are you willing to serve the least of these? You can't get much more least than a little two-year-old, four-year-old, five, right? And they say the darndest things, don't they? Yeah. You get a lot of good, yeah awesome awesome i don't know why i'm using this as well all right <laughs> thank you let's hear it for children's ministry and monica appreciate that now the next part of serving why am i still sorry let me get rid of that one i'm talking in two mics so you got to hear it because i'm so passionate about this i want to say it twice as loud all right um we have Alana and i karen wiles where is she at there she is okay i couldn't see her earlier I was like, is she here today come on up this is karen and, and Karen is our Awana commander, all right? If you don't know what that is, she's going to explain it, all right? And tell you all about Awana. Let us do this here. Thank you. Morning.
2: Um, Awana, if you're not familiar with it, is a, right <laughs> a, decade, a decades-old program for kids. And the goal of Awana is to help children know God, to love Him, and to serve Him. And we meet on Wednesday nights uh, for about two hours from 6.15 to 8.10, and it's pretty rowdy around here on Wednesday nights. We have about 55 kids that we are seeing right now, and we want more. We really want to throw open the doors to as many kids as we can cram in this place. Um, We have a time of of lesson where we teach them God's word. We have books from which they learn Bible verses. And um, and it's some serious stuff. As they get older, they're working hard and they're putting God's word into their hearts and into their lives. And that's a major, major goal of Awana. We have game time and it's a lot of fun and there's a lot of energy around here. Um, we would love to have some more help. Uh, we can't open our doors to more people if we don't have the people to help. And the ones that we have right now, we run pretty short staff some nights. So there's a lot of ways to become involved with the program. Um, one thing that we ask for, and this is not a come and show up thing, it's sponsorships. We're looking for help financially. For kids, because there are books and vests and shirts that we wear. We have, you know, there's there's an award and a reward system for the progress that kids make in their books, and those cost money. And for some families, that's an incredible stretch. So um, we're going to have some sponsorship forms in the next month that we can um, hand to you if you're able to help with that. Um, We have special events that our need for hands-on is greater than our staff is. For instance, uh, August 27, we have... No, I'm sorry, August 20, we have our pre-registration night, and we're going to have slides and jumpers and hot dogs and um, uh, cold things to consume. And if you guys are able to help... Not on a regular basis with something, but would say, hey, let me come and help you put some hot dogs on the barbecue and hand out food to people with a smile and a friendly face. Um, having that happening in front of a church like the Mission, whose desire it is to reach the community, is just magnetic. If if they don't stop by that night, they will have seen that there are things happening and um, that they are for kids and families. So... Um, so special events during the year are another place, and, and we'll, we'll mention those in the bulletin. Also, working on Wednesday nights. Um, I say working. Yeah, some nights it's work. There are nights when we are exhausted at the end of the night. Alongside of that, and I can tell you from doing this for a lot of years, um, I drag myself in the door sometimes. You know, Dinner was kind of done. People were kind of cranky while they were eating it and you show up here and you get in the hall and you know these kids start showing up with their families and it is energizing it's energizing spiritually um, and it's what service is about you know you're you're there and god's god's at work and it um it's it's more than what you think it'll be <laughs> i don't know how else to say it um, so on Wednesday nights, we need leaders, meaning that you would be with a certain age group and you'd be responsible for generally a smaller group of that age group and just shepherding through the night, listening to their verses, um, helping them with game time, talking to them, connecting with them. You can connect with a four-year-old sometimes and have an amazing conversation you know, t- uh, about things like Does God forgive my sins? Well, what a a better time to learn it than when you're a little kid. And let's see, um, also listeners, which is a little more simplified involvement. You come in for a shorter time period, and these kids have worked on verses at home with their families, and they need someone simply to listen to the verses, maybe talk to them a little bit about it. Do you understand what this means? Sign it off. Give them the bucks they've earned, which um, they get to use later for fun stuff, And, and when we don't have enough listeners, I always feel lousy because a lot of what we want to do is get God's word in their hearts and keep them moving, keep that motivation going to grow. And if we don't hear them, or we're stressed and on limited time, we miss opportunity with kids. Um, and let me check my list. Um, ah, should have done this one first. Pray, pray for us. Pray that we have staffing pray that we have more kids, which will um, stretch us, and yet we need to keep growing. We have a lot of mission kids that come to Awana. We have a lot of non-mission kids that come to Iwana. We have a lot of kids with friends who would be great if they'd bring them to Awana, and um, we want to pray that... We're very purposeful about what we're doing on Wednesday nights, and we we would value your prayers for that and uh, that we would stay true and focused to what God wants us to do. And I think that's it. I don't know if
0: I've overstayed awesome. my welcome. No, no, it's all good. Thank you, Karen. I appreciate it. All right.
2: yes. oh. You can talk to me. There's a sign-up sheet on the back table. And um, I think that'll do it. All right,
0: good. And same with uh, Monica. Um, What I hope you guys are seeing is when we're talking about serving the mission, these are very practical places, very practical places that need people. Um, And, and, you know, honestly, when you're looking at children's ministry, it could be a a once-a-month thing. When you're looking at Awana, it could be a a once-a-week thing on a Wednesday night. But let's be honest. You don't get much more than the least with little kids. and and can I just say I want to do a personal challenge here to the men we get a lot of women that sign up for these things because it's kids these kids need to see men too they need to see men who say hey I care for you I'm listening to you now follow me amen and that's what we need we need that in our church today so what I'd like for you to do is is when it says serve write this on the the, the notes here serve the mission is that a wanna? is that children's ministry. We also have many other things. If these, the kids' things, you cannot do that. You just know you can't. We have prayer meetings. We, have prayer, we need prayer warriors. We need people to do hospitality. We need people to do tech. We, there's many areas that we, that we can practically serve the mission. But these are those highlights that we wanted to show you today. And so please, prayerfully consider these. That's our challenge to you today. If you're new here, you don't need to consider these things. But if you are a member here, please know there is a place you in your mission that God's calling you to. Now, let's do serve the community, all right? So this is the next header. If you're going to write a little header there, serve the community. What I'd like to do is I'd like to bring up uh, my wife, Kim Robbins, and Alyssa Ward, and are, uh, are is it just you two? for? The, okay, so come on up here. All right, come on up. Yeah, if you want to clap for them. All right, I clap for Kim all the time. She she is what she is my foundation. I'll tell you. <laughs> if I'm sane, it's because of this one right here. Um, so here you go.
3: So I don't know if um, you guys know this, but on Thursday mornings, Chris goes to the Blessing Center, where our church has been serving uh, once a month, and on Thursday mornings, a lot of the um, the pastors of the, our community and other ministers of our community get together, and they pray. And um, so Chris has been going to this for a few months now, and he, at first he would come home, and he said, there's this lady there. You have to meet her. She's so wonderful. Her name's Elisa, and she's from Nigeria. And so he starts telling me about Elisa's ministry and uh, what she does with uh, working with um, uh, pregnant women and and babies and everything like that. And and I had actually been praying about um, the Lord showing me a direction on where I can be serving with my talents. And I don't know if you know this, but I am a photographer, so I take pictures of babies, and I love that. I love newborns, and I love holding the new life that God's created. So I gave her a call, and uh, we got together. And since then, it's been this sweet sisterhood of fellowship and just uh, getting to know Elisa and the, the ministry that she does there. And and so we immediately thought, oh, we, we need to get our church involved with this. This is just amazing. So we invited her to come over today and just share with you everything that she's been doing there and how we can get involved as a church and as individuals um, at the at the at My Father's House. So so Elisa, can you please tell us um, how you started My Father's House? Thank you,
4: Thank you very much. Good morning, church. <laughs> Um This started like a a tiny he said the the tiny seed that grows into big tree um, I thought was a dream, but I later on realized was a vision in my dreams, God had given messages, even when i didn 't know him deep (laughs) when I didn't know that God that had come down talked to people but in one of those dreams or vision he said take this young woman home he said take her home give her a place simple but it took years to connect first of all I said I didn't have a place to keep such people but I was meant to understand in that message that the young woman referred to was pregnant and wanting to have abortion. First of all, at that point, too, I didn't know that abortion was legalized in this beautiful, wonderful country. But I began to do a research and see, too, that it's something anybody can walk in and do. But again, it's because they don't know the God that we know. He, he will forgive any of those sins like he did for Paul who became a saw who became poor when I came into redlands i didn 't want to come to Redlands. I was tired moving. I was in <laughs> Rancho Cucumonga. i said i don 't want to move again i 've been moving, moving. won 't we set up this house here? But he said, No, I came into Redlands. Uh, a lady had said to me she said that 's where the desert land starts, and even the sister that I came to stay with was in a desert condition. She had lost her job. She's a nurse, lost her job after seven years. Yet the Lord had me come to stay with her. I have no job. I have no support. (laughs) She had lost her job. She had no income for about six months. And yet, when I asked him, you're asking me to go, he said, go. So I came into Redlands. Within a week or seven days of coming, she took me around, to an estate sale, and uh, the only tune I could buy from that store or that home, beautiful home, rich man's uh, stuff being sold, was a key holder. And that key holder had Isaiah 42, Isaiah 44, two. A child in a in the hands of our God. I stood. I didn't know what to do. I took it, asked the lady, and she said, My my father will go from here to San Francisco to protect the unborn babies. Of course, that ignited immediately in my soul. This is the place where God wants to do this. So I began praying. Now my my vision changed. My prayer thoughts changed. I began asking, If he's here, give us a six-bedroom house. Lord, if he's here, give us a six-bedroom house. I was told by two real estate people that it's not possible. The Redlands has a different history. They have more older homes, beautiful homes, but no six-bedroom house. Well, I kept telling God, I said, this six-bedroom home is just to confirm that this is the place you want this home to be. A week later, a lady called me from one of the churches I had visited and said, are you still looking for a house? Yes. Okay, are you ready? Can you go see one? Yep. She came, took me, we went. As the gentleman, older man was talking, he said, was five-bedroom house. I said, do you mind if I just go in and wonder? He said, yes. I went and counted was six-bedroom house. I quickly knelt down and I worshipped God like Jacob. In the Old Testament, I realized this is where it is. And uh, from there, it's history because... uh, Within two weeks of, not even, we don't have the funds, we have no money, I couldn't, (laughs) but I was telling God, this is the house, this is the house, I I was just happy. And uh, sitting in the library walking, he said, go outside and call Three Furniture Company. I never bought furniture, I couldn't afford them, and I took three numbers, and I went outside, called, Ashley Furniture answered, and said, if you're real, write us an email, I went back into the library, wrote them an email, and uh, two weeks they came to the house to see. They spent an hour, 45 minutes, and asked who and who will live here. At the end of the vision, they said, our design team will come. They came in, furnished the house, over $50,000 worth of furniture. Uh, it may surprise, the, in fact, I say this, somebody said, why I, your furniture, you still have their tags, I said, those tags will be there until they fall off on their own. Because that's my own little way to advertise Ashley Furniture. And to pray for them that even when there's a lack, they won't lack. In the day of trouble, God will shield them. It will surprise you to know, too, that even in our midst here, in our midst, like this, the, the wonderful voice, three wonderful voice singing here saying, Break my heart that that thing that is most important to you will become important to me. Open our eyes to see those things that are unseen. There are things that are unseen. I went to a workshop two weeks ago. They kind of brought up the data again. I thought the data I got last year or two years ago was kind of faded away. California as a state does not put up on the internet how many young people are aborted every month or every week. But every 25 seconds in the United States, a child is killed. 25 seconds. But we can take these women in. We say that our mission is to save life twice. We are not saving just the baby in the womb. We are saving the mother too who is lost. My dear brother said our mission here is for the least, for the lost, and for the last, you know. So it's, um, it's amazing what God does and how God connects people. My heart is here. I have looked around. It's wonderful to have um, pastors, but like uh, my brother said, pastoring is not just one day a week is to be in the community. A lot of our brothers and sisters are are dying, dying not knowing who our master is. So we started out this and then got it furnished, partnered with uh, the Blessing Center. Why set another foundation if there's a foundation there already? uh, Blessing Center happened to be a place where it's not just one denomination, it's not just one congregation, it's a a group of pastors pulled together to live out the John chapter 17 vision. If we pull together, I said the world we know that we are one. It is not the world that divides us. We need to tell the world that we are one. Because we're going to live in one big home, my father's house. We got our name from Luke chapter (laughs) 2. That's where we're heading to. So, But the world wants to see us united. Not saying, I am Baptist, I'm Methodist, I'm Catholic, I'm... No, no, no. He says, no, one big, one big kingdom. So when I got in there and saw that this is what it is all about, I said, why not? I'll merge this ministry into their mission so that we all can see who and who God will save through us. So we have place for six young women who will come in to live. It's not, a, it's not a, a shelter, it's a program where they will come, begin to know who am I, what is my purpose, what is my assignment, what am I here for? We're not just here like butterflies will fly around and go back. So they will leave there for 12 months, as the case may be, go back to church. Some of them will come here to worship and go back to school to get at least be able to put food on the table. Uh, so that they don't have to end up on those places where they look for love in wrong directions. So thank you very much.
5: So
3: so Elisa, could you please tell us how we, as the mission, can come and help you um, fulfill the mission that God has given you?
4: Thank you very much. when I was told that Mission has adopted us as a child, I quickly called her because I was writing to a group. I said, can I say to this group that you have adopted us as a child? And she said, yes, quickly. I got it typed in. When I went to that interview, they said, you have the church adopted you? I said, yes. Mm-hmm. I am very humble to say that and to say thank you. At this point, we need so many needs. I know that just one person cannot handle it, but I don't know who knows who here. I just want, first of all, is to pray, pray that these girls will be uh, kind of let God take off the heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh so that they will begin to see Christ in this pain. And then we need help from money, monetary help, because the house, the landlord when he rented it to the university, he charged about 3600 He gave it to us because he's a man in the mission too. And he took uh, 2000 every month. So from month to month, we challenged. And I say to God, this, of course, is going to increase my faith because I pray every day, every minute, <laughs> <laughs> looking for the next help. Where will this help come? Where will money come? Uh, whatever comes in, we'll put in the account. When it's $2,000, we will pay him. So we need some help in the financial end, like this month is running. We haven't paid for this month. But I woke up yesterday and I said to him, I know your plan. I know that you want us to share this so that more people will know. I was so uh, shy before. I told God, when you save me, don't save me to go talk about anything. (laughs) Don't don't let me go beg for money. But that's where he had put me. If we have to beg for the kingdom, we will beg. Mm. I am very, very proud Amen. of begging. Amen. So, we need that kind of help. We need mentors. Those who had passed this pathway before. I was talking to a wonderful sister who said, I had a child when I was young. Yes, this will make sense to these mothers. If she's standing and she had moved on, she had made a career, why wouldn't I do this? Because at this point, the women are like, two days ago, I was told about one who just checked into Arrowhead, said, I can't do this no more. In fact, the man went for that to say, I'm going to kill my child and I'll kill myself. So I'm on the standby to waiting to go to Arrowhead to speak to her. When she's out of there, they'll come back home. So mentors, women who will come speaking to their life, from time to time, we're challenged by kind of who will help us cut our lawn. Somebody gave us a lawn mower, but I don't know how to operate that. Help <laughs> us cut our lawn so that it doesn't look like a who owns this place, a deserted place. And then like a electric electrical things or things that we need to fix, like our Pastor Chris said. You will need a camera, yes, recently I met a woman who was using drugs, unknown to me, but I was willing to walk, but he said, my husband boyfriend wants to come, and the husband' is, boyfriend is using drugs, so sometimes we want to keep an eye. who comes? We need other things diapers. a wonderful lady just gave us diapers this morning. She said it's not the size. I said no, two or three are coming forth. a twin is coming, so we need every kind of help, every kind of help we can get. Thank you. All
3: right. All right. And I just want to encourage you. I When I contacted Elisa, I didn't know any of her needs, but I knew that God had given me a talent. And so I know that each one of us has some kind of talent, and I didn't know that she needed help with her computer and with um, her social media and things like that that I know And um, so I was able to give that to her. So you may have something that you can give that you didn't even realize that God wanted to use. So I really encourage you to come and speak to Elisa. She has so many stories to tell you about what God has been doing here at my father's house, all the miracles. And please, please pray for Elisa. Pray for her. She is out there on the front lines in the enemy territory every day um, snatching out those women uh... that have their the enemy has their hands around so just you know pray for elisa pray for my father's house pray for those women mm. so thank you
0: all right all right thank you Let's thank you guys um well we talked about the least we, we just dealt with the last now i'd like to talk about the lost i know we're a little late here i apologize but please stick around because i want to bring up brandon hillstad here um Brandon is a buddy of mine, and uh, we're talking about serving, you know what, I don't need that again, sorry, <laughs> old habits die hard, uh, ser- serving the, the world, you know, and the cool thing about what we just talked about is we have stuff right in our own backyard here, which is what you obviously see, and by the way, I just want to say really quickly, uh, Elisa needed, needs a vehicle, um, we, anonymous donor just from our church, I'm not going to point them out, uh, but just gave her a car, so now she has a car, but she needs a van. So keep praying about that. Pray. They need a van to be able to take the girls and their um, and their babies to to doctor's visits and all those other things. So if you know of anybody or just pray, God loves to open the storehouses when we ask, and that's what we're hoping for. He's already fulfilled one of those needs, and he's going to continue to do more. So, but now we have a different area, and uh, Brandon, this is Mr. Hillstad here, and Brandon is a pastor in uh, in San Diego, yeah. and you know what? You are going to Burkina Faso. How much time do we got here, Chris? Um, we got about ten minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes. <laughs> Do you want to take some time st- do
5: you want to scrap those questions we had and let me just breeze breeze through let's this real do it quick. let's do all it we
0: right. also have a video and stuff so love yeah,
5: to first of all I know uh, Chris didn't bring me up here to talk about your guys' children's ministry or Awana or anything like that but I just want to say listen I don't know if you guys heard about the, the 4 to 14 window it's an age range where children are most impressionable and, and, and it's in those years those formative years where it's something like 85% of people who become followers of Christ who keep following Following Jesus like for the long haul, they become Christians usually in those years. So listen, serve, serve, serve. Get involved. There's nothing you can do. Uh, you know, there's no way you can use your time. It's more important than than pouring into young um, young future men and women and uh, and uh, making disciples out of them. So. Anyways, yeah, Chris mentioned uh, that we're going to Burkina Faso. My wife and I are called to serve there. First thing you might wonder is where on earth is Burkina Faso? So... (laughs) It used to be, it's a, it used to be a French colony in West Africa. It used to be called Upper Volta till they gained their independence, uh, in like 1980 or something like that. So Burkina Faso, um, West Africa, I think right between, sandwiched between like Mali, Niger, uh, Cote d'Ivoire, and Ghana, kind of right there, uh, about the size of Colorado. If you went to Burkina Faso, First of all, the first thing you would see is millions of people zooming around on these little tiny scooters about the size of a Vespa, and it freaks me out because they don't wear helmets, and they'll cram like a whole family of five and like 60 chickens and three goats on one of these little little scooters, <laughs> and it's just crazy. You'll see a country where life is lived by the side of the road, open air markets, uh, you know, they don't, they don't got Sam's Club or Costco or anything like that. Everything's sold, uh, you know, on the side of the road, and um, you'll see a country where it's very dusty and dirty and uh, the dirt is sort of uh, orange tinge to it and so that means everything else in that country has an orange tinge to it and you'll see a country with some of the most beautiful people I've ever met in my life you'll see a country with need that we can't even wrap our brains around I mean the poorest of the poor here in America still have it relatively good compared to the average person in Burkina Faso. We're talking about a country where the average person lives on an annual salary of about $300 a year, $400 a year. I can even imagine that, like what most of us make in about a week or something. This is what they live on all year long. We're talking about a country where one out of every uh, five children die between birth and age age. Uh, Five, And that number goes down to about one out, one out of every 3.4 die between birth and age 10. you are talking about a country where... Uh one out of four people in rural areas do not have access to an improved water source, drinking water that you and I wouldn't even wade through. Um, we're talking about a country where about one out of every four people is uh, moderately to severely underweight or malnourished. We're talking about a country where about 72% of all uh, adults, uh, 15 and above, are illiterate. We're talking about a country where about Uh, Only about 19% of people ever make it past elementary school. So, I I mean, we're talking about a country with a lot of serious need, right? Talking about a country with, still has uh, 28 unreached people groups, okay? That's 28 groups of people who have their own language, their own culture, that don't have a church, don't have a Bible in their language, don't have Christians living amongst them, and locals can't evangelize other locals because there are no other Christian locals. All right, you're talking about a country where it is so desperate, such great need, but, here's the great but, my favorite word in the Bible, but you see a country where God is going to work, we see a country where God has his sleeves rolled up and working through the church to answer all those problems. To the Ministry to the whole person is happening throughout the whole country. And it's not the Red Cross that's doing it. It's not the UN. It's not UNICEF. It's not uh, the Peace Corps. It's not any of these other organizations, which all are great, I'm sure, but it's happening through the church. You know, As a matter of fact, it's happening through the Christian and Missionary Alliance Church. You're a part of an awesome movement. The CMA is a pretty rad denomination. Learn about it. It's awesome. But the CMA is at work in Burkina like you wouldn't believe. And churches like the Mission are at work in Burkina. So the vision for ministry there, for my wife and I, we, we want to join an existing work, but start sort of a satellite. So there's, there, there, there's work going on in the Capitol. We want to move about eight hours away from the Capitol and set up similar type work. And that work would be taking communities of faith here in the U.S., just like the mission, and partnering them with young communities of faith... In Burkina Faso, to empower them and equip them and encourage them to reach the lost around them, to get an established church going to feed the hungry to give uh, water to the thirsty, and so on so let me tell you let me tell you real quickly about how we heard about this country. I heard a guy speak uh, a few years ago about Burkina Faso, and I had never heard of this country and I heard this guy speak, and he started talking about some of the need there. He started talking about going to funeral after funeral after funeral of young girls who died because their parents couldn't afford bottles of medication that would cost about 50 cents right he started talking about this sort of stuff and then he started talking about all the unreached people group he started talking about the spiritual bondage that was going on in this country because of you have this weird mix of islam islamic influence mixed with like animistic indigenous worship where whether it be ancestor worship or fetish worship or idolatry or whatever and they're mixed together and they make this like stone Cold, like rock-hard, impenetrable, uh, hateful of the gospel mix, right? It's a difficult work. So he started talking about uh, the lost people there and the hungry people there and the thirsty people there. And I started crying, and I'm not a dude that cries about much. Like my wife, if my wife started crying, that doesn't mean anything because she'll start crying during a, like a Geico commercial, all right? So so I started crying. I'm like, oh, what's up, what's what's up? Shut up, man. You know, I'm in this room full of pastors, and I don't want them to think I'm a wuss. So I did what any real man would do, and I went and hid in my hotel room. But <laughs> I just asked God, what's up? Like, Africa, it's so far away. so expensive to get there. How can my church be involved with Africa? And and, and I got so convicted. It was almost like God was like, am I broke? Am, am I a God who's out of money? Right? My pocket's shallow, you know. So I kind of got convicted and I was like, okay, God, I'll go to Africa and I'll see how my church can get involved there. And while I was there, I started feeling like I was called to live there, work there, serve there, and be the boots on the ground so that I could facilitate more churches to get involved to work there. And I was like, okay, this is great, but God, you don't know my wife very well, so she's never going to go with this because she's, she's not like the type of, like let's pack up our family of almost f- six I count all my kids. Uh, we was pack up our family and move to a, a developing country type of woman, right? And uh, and so I was like, this is, this is all great, God, but you don't know her very well, so she's not going to go for it. <laughs> and so I talked to a brother that, that I was there with, and and I was like, hey, I'm, I, I feel like I'm I'm not really sure what's going on. If I, what, what, and he goes god's calling you to serve here isn't he (laughs) he's like yeah i kind of heard it too and you know we're sitting under the mango tree and i felt like god spoke to me and said that you're supposed to supposed to move here and i was like yeah but you don't know my wife And he's like listen if god's calling you he's going to work on your wife too i was like yeah well fantastic you don't know my wife right (laughs) so anyways i leave we prayed a little bit and then i walk out and I, i get a hold of melanie my wife and uh um, I, I veiled everything because I don't want to live in that tension where I'm like, hey, we should move to Africa. And she's like, yeah, never, ever, right? So, anyways, she she cut me off. I veiled all my, like, everything that was God was doing in me. And um, I didn't talk, I was just talking about normal stuff. Oh, we went and visited this church and hung out with this pastor and I prayed for some sick people and stuff like that. You know, and she cut me off. She's like, hey, hold on. Um,. God did something to me today, and I, I, I feel like we're called to go to Africa. And I, and, and I thought she meant for like a short-term trip. So she's like, I, I was like, uh, oh, you know, fantastic. Yeah, maybe next fall or something we could come out here for a couple couple weeks. You know, it would be awesome. And she goes, no, like, I, I feel like God's calling us to move there. And I was just like broke down, and we made the decision to go to Africa. That was in April of two thousand and twelve. We made the decision then um, to go it 's been the most difficult thing we 've ever done since then, but anyways i 'm here to just say, listen, there are so many things that we can do here by, by, by being Americans we can do to help them in in ways that doesn 't create dependency. It creates sustainability and it empowers rather than emasculates all right there's there 's things we can do there 's things the mission can do and that's what we're going over there to facilitate um you know one of the things we do we drink we we drill um uh, wells to provide clean drinking water to villages and i i I don't know what it is like i'm just a freak i love to see people drink clean water it's this weird thing i have like i love seeing people drink water that but when you when you when you see that happening jesus said uh if your enemy 's thirsty, give them something to drink all right there 's like one, one quick story there 's a, a village over there where where the the Muslims kind of had authority over the well, the local uh, imam and, and, the, and the members of the mosque there and some people came to Christ, and so the Muslims banished them from the well right and, and, and at, they literally had children get sick and die because they had to resort to a, a water source that was unclean. Well, then the rainy season came. And it, 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 well, in the meantime, a church like the mission had raised money to drill a well in that village, to give to the people of that church and to the rest of the village. And uh, so they drilled the well there. And then shortly after that, the rainy season came. It collapsed the walls of the Muslim's well. Right. So then the Muslim mothers, because it's the it's the women's job to draw water in the culture, such as in, in Burkina Faso, the Muslim mothers then come to the Christian. Mothers and ask for water and here here, here are these women who they 're the reason uh, your your children had died, and Jesus says, "If your enemy is thirsty, give them something to drink right? They got an actual opportunity to pl- live that out and play it out in real time you know and so they were like, "Come drink freely i mean if that doesn't if that doesn 't communicate the gospel and the love of christ i don 't know what does right and and when they drill, drill a drill a well. They put it right in the backyard of the church. So they come and get clean water. They also get living water. It's awesome stuff. We need, listen, God doesn't just call pastors, all right? We need rednecks to, like, man those the well-drilling thing and guys who know how to change tires and women who are hard workers and things like that. We need people to teach ESL. We need, we need people with medical experience to come over and do medical missions to assist our evangelism. We need dentists. We need photographers. God wants accountants and teachers and mechanics and whatever, you name it, God wants you to be involved with missions. He doesn't just call, like, seminary-degreed pastors to missions. All right? Don't believe that lie. Don't believe that for a second. So, anyways. We're How how you can be involved. I've got a short video, um, but but how you can be involved. We say, give, pray, go. Those are the ways you can be involved with us, or pray, give, go. Pray for us. Everyone can pray. Please pray for us. Take a prayer card. I'll hand them out as you're leaving. Get a prayer card, and pray for us whenever you think of us. Just pray for us. That's the most important thing you can do we're all we have to raise all our, all our own support so if you'd be if you'd be willing to to give to us we're trying to sign up monthly supporters some people we got signed up people people giving 300 bucks a month some people giving you know 10 dollars a month every little bit helps we need we need we need uh you know we need money to pay for like fuel and medical insurance and food for our own children and things like that so just to be there and exist there so maybe God would would uh, put it on your heart to be one of our monthly supporters. I'd like to challenge this church. I know I know one church can't do it all. But I would like to challenge this church. Maybe, maybe we could get like five hundred dollars worth of support from this church, not not from your like actual like board, but from individuals. Maybe that would be one person's like, I want to give you five hundred bucks a month, or or maybe it'd be fifty people want to give ten dollars a month. Maybe you know whatever. I don't, I don't know. That's that's my challenge to you. Pray, God, am I one of those? And we'll. Answer all the questions you have and all that stuff. And then go. We're facilitating opportunities for teams to go and serve for a couple weeks. We're also going to be there to facilitate taking, you know, maybe a college-age intern who wants to serve a year or two for missions, and we're going to plug them into cross-cultural uh, ministry to unreached people groups. Whether it's a college-age person who just graduated college, or like maybe you just got married and you want to do some missions work before you settle down and grow up and all that stuff, or maybe you're having a midlife crisis for Jesus and you want to go serve missions for a year. That's what we're going to be there to um, to facilitate. Alright, so I'm going to show you this video and give you a picture of kind of what's going on, the power of a team. This is my buddy Pete. He's one of the coolest guys I've ever met. He's actually the, the guy who was speaking when God broke my heart for Burkina Faso. So feel free to check it out. And then afterwards, um, I'll, be, I'll hang out in the back. Please get a prayer card and I'll, I'll hang out and answer any questions you want, uh, anything. Alright, so thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it.
6: There's a saying in uh, Burkina, you wouldn't have come if you had thought of us when you were in your own house. And so the fact that you're thinking about us and you're coming here is just a huge impact. Your church sends 15 people to some village in Africa. The whole village shows up to see why did you leave America, which in their eyes is utopia, and come all the way to their dirty, dusty, smelly village. And when they see you build this hangar because you believe in ha- them having a church and them having the gospel, they say, wow, we must be important to God. And their message is important to us.
7: Give me your eyes for just one second. Give me your eyes so I can see everything that I keep missing. Give me your love for humanity. Give me your arms with the broken hearted. The ones that are far beyond my reach.
6: Give me a heart for the ones forgotten Give me your eyes so I can see And all of a sudden, the gospel is something true and alive. Because if it can move you from the United States to their little village, then it's powerful. And so they show up, and we have just seen tremendous harvests like you can't imagine, of souls. And then the small group of Christians that are there, do you realize the hope that you become to them? That I have brothers and sisters that care about me thousands of miles away. Some of them have been beat. Some of them have been left for dead. Some have been thrown out of their families. All of them have lost something. And all of a sudden, they become the pride of the village.
7: Give me your eyes for just one second. Give me your eyes so I can see everything that I keep missing. Give me your love for humanity. Give me your arms for the broken hearted The ones that are far beyond my reach Give me your heart for the ones forgotten Give me your eyes so I can't see But
6: I want you to understand that what you're doing is part of a bigger picture Because we didn't come here to change the church We came here to change a nation uh, We have ministries to handicapped We have ministries to widows We have ministries to single mothers. We have ministries to girls at risk. We have ministries to girls that are being ripped out of the sex trade. We have ministry to orphans. We have schools. We have sponsorship programs. We have hospitals and clinics. And then we have, of course, the spiritual and to say nothing of our water projects, which are uh, probably our biggest investment.
1: He said he's very happy for the new church And that they'll use it to have their service And that it'll be a good way to evangelize to people that haven't heard before
6: Most of these people can't read Especially in the village And so every village has an oral history And they pass it on from generation to generation They will talk about the day that Hope Church sent people to their village. The memory of what you did will last for generations.
0: We are way late. (laughs) <laughs> normally we end about 20 minutes ago so I apologize if you've got to go I understand um, you know what I, I unlike Brandon do cry at every little thing okay if you, do you realize that if we were to do 500 bucks a month as a church in one year we could build a well that would take care of 500 people then on for the rest of their life and they wouldn't die over the dumbest, dumbest stuff. So please consider this. Um, as we are going to partner with Brandon, I can't wait to go down there. When they guys, when they're there, I can't wait to go and bring a bunch of guys and gals down there. And we want to partner with them because more than we love the lost, God really loves the lost, and He really cares. Amen. Man, I'm a big baby. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's, let's pray real quick. Normally we would have, uh, have some worship and stuff, but it's already getting about 12.15. Um, and I was talking to Jason earlier. I thought, you know what, do we do, we do worship right now? Do we do one more song? But it's, it's way late, and I know some of you have the kids out there, and we need to do that. We need to get, get in and get out. So I'm going to shut up. It's a good time for me to shut up right now, and a good time just to tell, tell the Lord we love Him and we want to commit to Him. So Lord, we just thank You. Lord, uh, the, the notes on our paper was serving the mission the notes on our paper that we're serving the community and the notes on our paper for serving the world are pretty simple. Even more simple is how we can respond to that practically. Do, do we just take a month of our... Uh, one Sunday a month and, and help out with the, with the children? Or do we, do we step up for wana? Do we mow the lawn at my shepherd's house? Or my father's house with, with the young girls? Do we become a mentor? Some of the ladies out here need to talk to the younger girls there. Do we donate a little money to make clean water in Burkina Faso? Or do we we look forward to a time when we can go out there ourselves and build? Lord, I, I can't get into the hearts and minds of people like you can. And you're leading us. And you're saying, Come. Follow me. Lord, please send us whatever you want us to do. We want to be a church that does it, not out of guilt, not out of obligation, but because we love you. And we just want to go where you go. We just want to do what you're doing. So Lord, we just commit our lives to you now. In the name of Jesus, thank you. Thank you. And amen. Alright guys, like I said, there's going to be a lot of people back there that if you want to talk to them, feel free. We've got Brandon back there. We've got... Um, Olissa is going to be answering questions. Uh, also, children's ministry, talk to them. It's good, you know. And again, thank you for coming. Regular service next week. <laughs>